Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to Splitting Hairs podcast brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. We are the B team. I'm joined here with Ben as always. I'm Brandon. I remembered my name this time, so we're already off to a just smooth start, which is really exciting. And uh yeah, it was a it was a pretty smooth weekend overall. Uh, apologize for being late. Uh, I just kind of assumed Ben was going to be ready and didn't ask him. So that's that's my bad. And, you know, the guy, you know, is getting ready to move by a golf course and he's going to just golf whenever, I guess. I had to get around in today. We're busy packing and uh, yeah, just got done and came home quick and ready to go. Let's let's go and crack another beer. We're, boy. we're ready. How many rounds did the beverage cart make in your in your time out there? Oh, zero. We don't have a oh. beverage cart. It's too cold for that. That's a shame. I am we cracking were... a uh, sparkling ice water. Well, this is kind of a sparkling water, but it's uh, uh there it is. Yeah, the the seltzer. Look at you, ad yep. placement. Yeah, strawberry Corona seltzer. People don't realize we're getting paid big bucks under the table by Corona. Hmm. It's probably gonna get removed, and, right? Matt, no, Matt's gonna, Matt's gonna know, Matt's gonna know that we've been low key getting sponsored on our side by Corona, and he's gonna be disappointed. He's gonna dock our pay. <laughs> it's, uh, no, uh, overall, uh, it was a fun weekend. Overall, I think top to bottom with all the FCS games. Uh, I think it was a good game against Holy Cross, but I don't think it was anything that we're like, wow, awesome about. No, you know, it was uh, got the job done, I guess, uh, you know, not didn't steamroll them by him. He didn't Arkansas Pine Bluff them. But yeah. at the same time, I mean, Holy Cross, I mean, there's a reason why they're in the playoffs. They're a decent team. Oh, yeah. But yep. I think we did what we should have done. You know, we beat them by uh, enough and our defense held them to respectable, you know, points. And so, I mean, yeah, things to improve on, um, but definitely, you know, took care of business. Yeah, I think that's that's that game was the definition of taking care of business. It wasn't necessarily the sharpest game uh, we've had this season by far. Um, I'm glad it was that game that we weren't that sharp. You know, I think going into the rest of the games here, you got to be on the top of your game for every one of these. But yeah, I took care of business, did what we need to do. Um, Every cliche in the book, I think we could find all of them if we right. wanted to in that game. <laughs> but I mean, you hold a you hold a team to uh, to three points and and score thirty one. You can't be too upset, especially when really, no- yeah, the one touchdown was technically kind of set up by a a turnover, but it wasn't like we got the ball inside the ten or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> Kurt Lickas says, uh, oh, I just took it down. Kurt Lickas says, workmanlike. Yep, there's another great cliche um, for went down, what went down. In the end, um, I think watching that game a little bit, and Holy Cross had some dudes. Like, Don't get me wrong. They had good players. They were definitely a playoff team. You know, I don't think they're like top of the valley, but I mean, they. it's not like they didn't belong, I don't think. No, I agree. I mean, I it was a it was a decent team, but um, I mean, they just they didn't have the horses to compete with us. But um, you know, it was nice to see you know our offensive line continue their dominance, and I think you know that's going to be huge going forward. I mean, they just kind of they get they're on a roll right now, and yep. if they keep if they keep playing like they're playing right now, uh, they're going to be we're going to be tough to stop 
Because I mean, right. uh, Gronowski just—he's not making mistakes. You know, the he's right. just playing clean. You know, he had some. It wasn't the cleanest game for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he had some errant throws. The wind was kind of sketchy in in the stadium. It sounded like I wasn't mm-hmm. there, unfortunately. But it was it sounded weird. like yeah, it was kind of swirling a little bit. Um, and he had some o- overthrows on a few that we'd seen earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, can get that cleaned up. But Outside of that, I don't have a whole lot to complain about. Um, you know, it just wasn't flashy, but it wasn't wasn't bad either. Right. And, you know, especially with Gronowski, it's one of those games where you got to look at it and you go, he's a freshman. you got to remind yourself sometimes because he has played so well. And the other thing I had to remind myself, he hasn't act, really been asked to throw the ball, specifically down the field, for like a month and a half. Right. Like the last game he – he really threw down the field was what Western Illinois Mm -hmm. because we didn't really do it against Youngstown and we didn't, and then we didn't have to do it against Southern Illinois. didn't have to do it against NDSU. And then we had a bunch of nothing in there. Um, And yeah, you're right. The wind was really weird. I was, I I sit in the, in the um, North uh, East uh, and Northeast end zone basically. And the American flags right in front of us. And that thing would at times be just limp and sticking to the pole and then you'd look over at the field goal posts and those flags on the field goal posts would be flapping on the breeze it was kind of a wacky day for that um but like brad brings up here brad shout out to brad i'm wearing the hoodie man brad showed up at the tailgate and uh brought me a nice hat that i forgot down in my man cave that was awesome as well he gave one to me and chad but uh special teams were awesome and they were awesome. And there's been games where they haven't been, you know, with a block first field goal, recovered the muff punt, uh, punted. Yeah, that punt by Ben Dinkle was just phenomenal. That was mm-hmm. just awesome. And, yeah, they, they didn't allow any big plays. And I think uh, that, that's awesome to see going into the rest of the, the, the deal, the rest of the playoffs specifically. Yeah, because it's been a special teams has been a concern, and it was nice to see him play a good good game on special teams. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't want to say that we're. It sounded like we were bashing Mark a little bit. I mean, he didn't have no, a terrible right. game. I mean, he was still right. twelve to twenty one with one hundred and fifty some yards and three touchdowns and no interceptions. I mean, it's it's hard to complain about that too much. But at the same time, you like to see him be a little more efficient against a team like Holy Cross. I mean, don't want to bash them too much, but it's a team that, I mean, the guys were open. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. His guys were open, and he he did miss a few throws. And so, it, yeah, it wasn't a perfect game, but again, I mean, it's he's, he's still a freshman. He's still developing. So um, at the same time, uh, like Kurt says, he did drop some dimes. He I mean, did. there was some – Yeah. That – the first throw that he – the first touchdown he had, it just looked so easy. Right. And it was it was not an easy throw, but he made it right. look really easy. Yep. Uh, oh, a hundred percent. And yeah, it, it, yeah. We should clarify: we are not bashing mm. Mark at all or his performance. It's just he he set the bar so high, especially on those deep post throws. He's been so good on those for the last for the whole season. He's been money on those. So when you see him over throw three or four, you're going, man, he's off. What's going on? You know. So it. In, but I, I agree completely. He still did drop some dimes. I mean, the dude can ball. He really can. And he's just a freshman. Where he's going to go from here is anywhere but up. But 
he's set the standard himself for how good he's been. So, and I, I'm sure he would agree to some extent that, yeah, there was some throws that he normally hits that he missed. And, and, you know, on, on the flip side on the defense, there was a couple times and Matt talked about it where there was some guys running free down the middle of the field that thankfully their quarterback couldn't throw like nearly obviously to Mark's category you know stratosphere but just he's he was a freshman who just could run and Mm -hmm. he missed he missed on some big plays like they hit those plays they don't win the game or anything like that but it's definitely something going forwards when you get into some of the into the semis and the quarters and stuff you can't afford to leave guys running free like that let's not glaze over tossing strawberries through battleships (laughs) yeah right what does that mean, uh, Kurt? I, that I gotta, is the first time I've ever heard that expression. I, I got to read this because sometimes we forget we're on the pod now because we're on the on Facebook Live. Uh, Kurt, like I said, great growth game for Mark, dropping dimes on the TDs. Remember, he started out tossing strawberries through battleships, which I'm pretty sure what he means is he was just kind of a like, little amped up and throwing some lasers that were would have blasted through the size side of a battleship if it was a strawberry. So a little a little bit over amped up, kind of like Brett Favre used to be until he threw a pick. So, but that that's that an, is a phrase that I I want to keep in my back pocket because yeah, that's solid. that's a that's a keeper. There we go. Yes. Yeah. It, he He's clarified. A- he said, dude, put some mustard on at the beginning of the season. His touch is really developing. And it is. And like that, that, that first touchdown you're talking about, I mean, early mm-hmm. in the season, he might have rifled that over his head. So absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think uh, some of it is the coaches knew um, we could run whenever we wanted on them. With Isaiah oh, yeah. and PS2, those guys were going to get – yards the hogs were going to eat these guys up and they did and and i mean you can really tell that when you're sometimes you'll throw a first down pass in to kind of catch defense off guard and then sometimes it's because you can get five yards crack and it doesn't matter and that's what that game felt like where yeah well eh, we'll give this one a shot just to see how we're sitting on it and get some reps and game speed and if it doesn't work out, well, we'll we'll get a first down in two plays anyways. Oh, and yeah. It, and it played out that way. I mean, five yards of crack, or if you hand it to Isaiah Davis, like 15.6 yards of crack. Right. Like, right. <laughs> well, they averaged 15 and a half yards of carry, <laughs> which is just crazy. Well, and let's not forget, I mean, Pierre Strong had a season a whole season where he averaged over 10 yards of carry. So no, yeah, no. I mean that just obscene numbers in that game. Um, but took care of business uh in the end, took care of business the way you wanted to, wasn't really ever in doubt. Uh it was an entertaining game to watch, uh for sure. Uh, I had a little bit of concern that first drive until the blocked field goal, going back to what Brad said. I mean, that really it, it felt for a second like maybe we weren't there. And that field goal block happened and just everything turned on the dime and we were, we were back and it, it was going well. For sure. I mean, the most concerning thing to me was, like you said, some open wide receivers that the quarterback missed that if they hit those plays, you know, like you said, they're not going to win, but it was concerning how open they were and how right. 
you know, and we'll talk about this as we get into Southern Illinois preview, but that to me needs to be tightened up. I think that was the most concerning thing that I saw from this game that I think we need to clean up going forward is coverage mm-hmm. that I think, I think that lacked a little bit and, and, you know, maybe it was just cause they were focusing on the run so much that they just didn't see the pass coming, but um, you well, know, yeah, that's something to clean up. You're, you're probably onto something there, especially when we were playing Holy Cross, who's throwing the ball 30 times. The defense right. was set to stop the run and stop that quarterback from getting squirrely. Because this isn't that's not something that we've seen characteristic of the defense at all this year. No, I, I don't remember any really any deep bombs that were completed for touchdowns. At minimum, they were a long throw that got ran down. So somebody that wide open is pretty uncharacteristic and there's a good possibility that was just a product of the way we had the defense set up because kind of like a playing defensive basketball when you dare someone to shoot a three. So, um, and Steve Anderson asked, uh, did we overlook Holy Cross maybe just a little? Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's possible. I, I don't think anybody, you know, on the team or anything like that would ever say, yeah, we did. Cause I don't think you go into a game thinking that, but, you know, obviously, Ben and I, you know, we talked about it last week. We were worried about it. Um, I don't think we're worried about overlooking Southern Illinois this week, but it's also something you worry about with having steamrolled them in basically three games ago. So that's a concern going into this, maybe not overlooking them so much as underestimating them, you know, especially coming from the Patriot League and things like that, where that first drive kind of snapped everybody into it a little more. But, yeah, and, and and especially coming off of the marker game where you just beat the hell out of NDSU. I mean, that, and then playing a, a smaller conference school, that's the definition of a trap game outside of the fact that it's the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and thanks, Steve, for the comfort, uh, for the comment. Um, I haven't seen him comment before, so thanks for listening. Thanks for commenting. We enjoy mm-hmm. when you guys participate. And I like your uh, little avatar there. I might have to steal that. I might have to yep. see where see where you got that thing. I like that. I've I've seen those. I've Googled them before online. You can buy neon uh, signs like that for like 180 bucks. Spendy. I'm assuming that's where it's from, Steve. But you know, hey, speaking of buying things online, this guy here, my my co-host, who I'm on with every week, every week, you guys see us on here together, mm-hmm. goes and sends a screenshot of this awesome SDSU tailgating kitchen that's for sale on Facebook. Yeah, and a guy asked for you know, and you'd think if you're doing that, you're not buying it yourself or anything. But then when a guy asks for the link to it, he just never sends it. So it was almost like he's like, wait till the next, wait till the next, next tailgate when I show up with this. And I was just rubbing it in your face. What, what have you to say about that, Ben? Did you ask for it? I did. And then you never sent it. And I'm like, oh my God, he just went and bought it himself. (laughs) I definitely didn't. Uh, if you asked for it, I missed that one. Shame. That Shame. that thread. Uh, oh, shoot me the link, would you? There it is. 
Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Well, if you were, I mean, you well, can, well, I mean, you know how to search for stuff. You could have I found it if you it. really want. Really, I'm not a good searcher. Yeah, I, I looked. I went to Tracy, Minnesota, and everything. I don't want to tell anybody else on the podcast here because then everybody's going to go buy it. <laughs> Although whoever is selling it probably wants me to bring it up so they get a bunch of pile up right. people on here. Uh, we do have a bunch of comments. Uh, Brad says, you know, a natural letdown after winning in Fargo. Holy Cross was better than some people thought coming into the game. I agree completely that Holy Cross was better than some people thought coming into the game, especially with a season like this where you don't get to have that a conference. Um, and uh, Don, uh, Dar, Dar, Darren, yeah, hey, Darren, I met you last weekend as well at the tailgate. He said, I don't think it was a letdown, just uh, we didn't need to throw the sink at Holy Cross. That's also a very valid point. You know, it kind of plays into what we were talking about, uh, playing or almost experimenting uh, during the game. And that's not to um, downplay what Holy Cross was or say that they're such a weak team or anything like that. But um, And it can be a combination of both things. Yeah, I, I do like, though, that, I mean, we didn't throw the kitchen sink at him, but we did finally do the pop pass with a threat of Mark running yeah. and then him doing the, and it got called back for a penalty, but I've been begging for that all year, and they finally brought it out in the playoffs. So I was happy to see that because I think that's going to be a tough play to stop in the red zone with Mark's running threat oh, and yeah. being able to throw it to a tight end over top. So we'll, well see just, if they bring that just back. A, just that going forwards with the RPOs in general. I mean, we haven't mm-hmm. really done a lot of those since Taryn. That and, is very true. You know, that with his running threat, if – if that and, and I'm sure those will come into play, especially when he develops and gets older and things like that. But if that's something they're holding in their pocket, ooh, that could lay a world of hurt on some teams if those come out. I didn't think about that, but you're right. I mean, we haven't done much for RPOs with Granowski, and and he's definitely a capable runner, just as Taron was. Yeah. And people, I mean, they gave they threw. People had a tough time stopping tearing on those RPOs. And so, yeah, I mean, if we pull that out, I mean, that's something that, like, in the past we would have had to pull out against NDSU. Right. It was like, oh, here's our trick deal. Uh, This year, you know, we were good enough to not have to do that. So it'll be interesting to see if they pull that out in the playoffs at some point. End up pulling it out in the natty against NDSU part two. That'd be great. Oh, my God. That would be great. (laughs) <laughs> and they just yeah giggling just no way to stop it yeah i yeah, can't wait no that would be outstanding i mean but. to i don't want to f- i don't want to play ndsu in the championship for one i, I want to play somebody different for two yes. getting tickets is going to be a pain in the ass if that if we play ndsu um but we'll uh maybe we should get to there i mean i think we've gone over holy cross enough we've beaten that that horse enough um, right and Kyle and Kyle and Matt recapped it much further in depth than we ever can. So if you want a more in depth recap, go and listen to their episode because they are much better football minds than us. Yeah. Yeah. Basically uh, we're, we're the two guys who paid $25 for mics. Oh my God. How much did you, how much did you pay Darren to say his last comment? Uh, Nothing. Uh, You know, maybe a beer or uh, I did give him some, uh, some pork loin that I thought was pretty delicious. I had all sorts of flavors. For, I mean, you you would have known if you were there. 
but <laughs> I did have a wedding. I had a wedding to attend to. I couldn't make yeah. it. But um, for those on I'm the even, pod, do you want ahead. to read it? I think you should read it. it yeah, for those not on Facebook Live, it says it was a pleasure meeting the the. Le- I'm going to put legendary in quotes. Darren didn't put in quotes, but I'm going to put in quotes. Legendary Thumper seventy six <laughs> as well. Um, is uh, far from legendary, but uh, in my own no. mind, yeah, I guess my beard. Uh, was. That's no, nice. I did. I did miss being up there, but I am. I'm even. I'm moving this weekend, and I'm still going to be at the game. I, I close. Hey! I close on my house on Monday morning. I will be there Sunday evening. And and uh, I'll be tailgating, going to the game, having a good time. Yeah, awesome. Well, let it, let's talk about that a little bit here, because I know the initial reaction for a lot of Jacks fans, um, <clears throat> kind of myself in, included, right away was, "Oh my God, eight o'clock on a Sunday, what the hell?" Uh, but but it took me about ten minutes to go. Oh my God, that's prime time, baby. That is the spot that you want your university on national television. Yes. Uh, national television. My first reaction was under the lights in the Dana. I mean, we, how often do we get a a night game in the Dana? Right. Uh, Maybe, maybe sort of twice in the beginning of the season, sort of, but it's light. That's like a 5 p.m. Yeah. I mean, uh, we have some seven o'clock games, but it's light. So light that it doesn't really. Yeah. Usually we have one or two seven o'clock games. I think one, maybe. Yeah. But like, we don't get anywhere. It's going to be like the whole, because that's, that's basically the end of summer. So it's still light for a long time. This one's going to be almost entirely under the lights and it's sitting at a low, for the night of 46 which means like three in the morning two in the morning it's going to be 46 so it's going to be in the 50s yeah it'll be and nice. and there's going to the wind i saw was like seven which we're in south dakota that doesn't even uh doesn't even count as wind in south dakota so no i'm this is going to be so fun i'm planning on going down there uh i've actually got uh five people coming with me so far um, I'm bringing one guy down who's actually a UND fan more than he is more more than anything, but he played basketball there for a little bit. Um, he's coming down to tailgate at noon. We're gonna tailgate noon. Yeah, oh, shit. Because we can. <laughs> I might Dude, not I'm, be there that early, but I, I'm not gonna get like crazy. I'm not gonna get marker game. I'm not gonna do that, <laughs> Dallas. If you're wondering, I'm not. Not about that life, but why not? Why not? Because first off, we're tailgating in Lions Park. Oh, the secret's out. I don't think anybody cares. We've done it enough. So if you're we're looking for a come time, good time, come down to Lions Park in Brookings. Pretty sure we have we a good old time. Still call it a book club, but book club. We're we having are a having book club in Lions Park. Yes, book club um, in Lions Park. Yes. The mega tent, Steve ass. Um, but uh, we will be. Yeah, we're going. I took the. Uh, I took the day off Monday. Um, I'm bringing him down. I got my brother in law and sister and soon to be sister in law coming up, and um, I got another friend coming up from Sioux Falls as well. <clears throat> and so I got them all tickets, and we're gonna go. We're gonna have a blast, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's really, really cool. Yeah, like you said, primetime on ESPN2, is that right? Right. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a huge deal. And like you said, bring friends. I mean, at, 
it's going to be a cool atmosphere under the lights and yeah. yeah, come early, come to Lions Park, do some tailgating. I mean, book clubbing and uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's going to be a good time. Let's, let's fill it as much as we can. I mean, there's only 50% capacity available. Let's get as close to that as we can. And, and think about it this way. <clears throat> um, you know, my, if we ever get the opportunity again to have a primetime game like this, normally it is on a Friday night. They normally do it for the semifinals Friday and Saturdays, the way that usually goes in the fall. I know that because I have to live up here and hear about it every time and they get all jacked up about it. But um, if that happens in Brookings, that means it will be an eight o'clock game in December. So. Right. If you want to be able to be the one who goes, I was at the ESPN game and it was awesome. Uh, dude, this is the one. It's going to mm-hmm. be like 50 degrees. Uh, not much for, not, like very low chance for participation under the lights. ESPN is going to, ESPN 2 is going to be there. I mean, this is going to be phenomenal. I mean, this outside of game day, you can't ask for much more exposure than prime time on a network like that. And and even the even the game day game wasn't on a major on a network like that. It was on Midco, which we love Midco. We're obviously, you know, but we have Hank McCall on the call on here all the time. But there's a difference between Midco and the third biggest sports network in the sports channel in the country and mm-hmm. primetime on a Sunday night. This is huge. No doubt. I mean, it, it's. I mean, there's a reason why Sunday night football is such a big thing. Right, because people are sitting at home, they want to watch a football game, and yeah. we are going to be the only football game on TV. And yeah. I mean, the draft will be done. Like, there's there's going to be nothing else on. Maybe some stupid NBA basketball. Right. But, I mean, so I you can watch it at home if you want, but it's going to be amazing to be there under the lights in the Dana. Get there. It's going to be a good time. Well, not such a thing that I love about going to games and things like that. And growing up, I kind of grew up that way. I was talking to my dad the one time and talking about cold games and things like that. And he goes, do you know I was at the fifth coldest game at Lambeau ever? I'm like, hmm. no, didn't even ask, but that's pretty cool. You know, and that's something you can talk about forever. Your kids, like, oh yeah, it's tough for kids. I get it. It'll be a late game. But you know what? They will remember forever is the time we went to the Jackrabbit game and we were on TV and it was under the lights and it was so cool. It's going to be awesome. And in the end, um, you know, I know it's it's spring, it's weird, it's hard to get there, but if you can, this is going to be an experience you won't want to miss. It's going to be phenomenal. Whether there's five people who show up to the stadium or a thousand, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I just cannot wait for it to get started. No, I agree. I, yeah, I wish it was on Saturday night because Sunday night's going to feel like forever from now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. And and you brought up a good point for the people who were wondering, A, this is TV. The reason the game's on Sunday at 8 is, A, TV said so. B, uh, the draft. It's so that we're not going up against the draft, which is a double win for, for SDSU because mm-hmm. – People after the draft, I don't know many people are like, oh, I don't want any more football after the draft. So when they're flipping through the channels and there's football on ESPN, they're going to watch. And 
<laughs> they're gonna watch big time, especially after the late rounds of the draft. The people who are watching are gonna be like, "Who's the next small school guy?" <clears throat> Pierre Strong. Um, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, no, it, this is gonna be just a hoot. Yeah, and and <laughs> Kurt Lucas says noon. I'll bring a couple of five gallon buckets to take you back to the stadium at seven thirty. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that, Kurt. I'm gonna be mellow and calm. I got to get home that night. Um, Getting asked about a mega tent that we used that we uh, did last year uh, it comes with a gazebo already down there and things like that. So yeah, and, and and like Darren says, if you're a Twins fan, there is no point in watching that nonsense oh right God. now. I, I, you don't need to inflict that pain on yourself, anyways. Yeah, don't get me started on the Twins, but um, no, if it was cold enough, we would make that gazebo into a mega tent in a hurry. But yeah, it's going to be nice out and uh, we won't need to do that. But yeah, anyway, uh, get there. It's going to be a good time. Tickets are, I don't know how much are they, like 25, 30 bucks? Yeah, they were 25 bucks. Um, They're going on sale, I believe uh, they said on Thursday um to give season ticket holders um you know like we said and um shout out to i believe his handle was ar on on twitter for getting season tickets and listening to us that's so cool um but season ticket holders they all get the early advance shot at these things because mm-hmm. they've committed to a season and uh yeah so if you know a season ticket holder and you want to get tickets right away uh, get a hold of them. I believe they're twenty five dollars again. I mean, and that's dirt cheap. I think that's. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's barely more than a Canaries game. And let's be honest, the Canaries are not on the level of the Jacks when it comes to their <laughs> respective sports. Okay, I love my. I love minor league baseball, but like they're not the same. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, no, we're gonna. It, it, it's gonna be a lot of fun, you know. And the shout out to the students, by the way, for last week. Um. I know a bunch of us put a call out to him on Twitter to stand up and fill those tickets. Uh, somebody bought all the 1,500 tickets um, for for the students to get in. In case people didn't know, haven't seen my tweets, or we haven't talked about it. Um, students, normally we all know, get into the game free. The NCAA runs the playoffs, though, and they don't allow that in the playoffs. So t- student tickets have to be paid for and so students have to buy the tickets and for the last game somebody stepped up and bought the allotment that was available of 1500 of them for him to get in there and they i'm pretty sure used all of them to be honest with you i was impressed looking at that end zone that was awesome i was very impressed so shout out to the students do your thing i mean what a better opportunity than an, an under the lights game on sunday you got all Sunday, baby. Sunday fun day to be the rowdiest mm-hmm. student section you guys have ever been in your lives. And I know how it is. I know what you guys are going to do. Go out and, hey, here's a thought. Pretend it's Hobo Day for Sunday. Don't tell anybody I told you that specifically because I don't want to be liable. But <laughs> pretend it's Hobo Day and accept the games at night instead of the drinks. You flip them and then go to the game just don't bring the container there's cops there um yeah so <laughs> i don't even know where i was going with that but hopefully they fill it out 
Um, and it's going to be a, I, I, I think it could be a really great raucous atmosphere. You know, I'm in, I'm envisioning like, do you remember those Louisville games that would be on, on occasion on like Thursday nights mm-hmm. when they would, went like in the early two thousands when they were really good and they would white it out or whatever. Yeah. Like, we, we could do something like that. And I, I know we have the fans that are capable. We have the amount of fans who expect championships. I know that for sure. And, and the team's putting out a championship team. But there is one thing that's propelled NDSU through this whole run, and it's not just being at home. It was the atmosphere at home. And there's one thing that we all collectively have in our power to make happen is the atmosphere at home. And I'm just hoping that comes to fruition this Saturday because that would be phenomenal. No doubt. I mean, if you're if you're looking at, like, who we're playing, I mean, yeah, we beat them 44-3 to the first time we played them, but – we can't overlook them this time. I mean, there's still a Missouri no. Valley team. There's still a good, a good Missouri Valley team that is. I mean, we're going to need to play a good game to beat them, and we're going to need the fans to show up and make it a home game for us. So, you know, don't don't look at that and assume we're going to win and say, "Oh, I'll go next week." You know, use this as your opportunity to go support them and make some noise on ESPN two, and uh, yeah, because it, it's it'll be a dogfight. Um, yeah, and, and not not just because they're the Salukis, but right, right. <laughs> <laughs> he is a dad. <laughs> uh, no, I'm looking forward to it. And before we get too far uh, into SIU, we're going to get started on that here. But Brad brought up a great point. Instead of the twins, watch our softball team because those ladies, I believe, are undefeated in conference <clears throat> and clinched the. Um, conference last weekend by just absolutely paddling the varmints from down south when i think they swept both double headers because that's the way they're playing it now i think they swept the four game series against them which just makes me happy mm. <laughs> and yeah they're killing it um like darren says they're they're just hitting bombs all over the place uh and so no people uh if if you're up in brookings uh maybe we should look into that and see if i don't i think the season's about done for them so you might not be able to catch any more games in Brookings. We'll have to look into that. Um, but I think there are going to be ways to listen to them when they're in the Summit League tournament, and we'll have to keep people posted on that when we find that out because they have to come up to Fargo for the Summit League tournament because Fargo was the regular season champs last year, I believe. Yeah, they were undefeated until this. they went 3-1 and one against USD. Yeah. They're the Mangy Dogs. One loss in conference, but they went three and one against them. They're seventeen and one in the conference, which is awesome. See, Just Darren, dominating. Darren's right there with, with it. Nope, lost one to the Mangy Dogs. So, yeah, and, and now we get to play more Mangy Dogs this week. Just slightly disli- less dislike the Flying Saluki Dogs who eat small children um, are coming to town, and we Let's, all remember twenty nineteen. Uh, you and I, right? Yeah, you and I is still fresh in the mind. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, uh, we went into that game thinking we were going to win it, and obviously yeah. we, I don't know, choked for lack of a better word. I mean, we just didn't play well, and they took us down in our house. So I hope that's fresh in the minds of our players too, because. You know, you just you can't come out flat in the playoffs. I mm-hmm. mean, you, you come out too flat and you're you're done. 
Um, especially, you know, like we said, that we beat them 44 to three. It's easy to overlook them. And right. Hope, I would assume our players won't do that. But um, before we get to SIU, though, let's quick recap what else what else happened in the playoffs oh, yeah. and uh, work through that. And then we'll quickly preview SIU uh, before we hop off here. So do you I should have asked this before. And do you have a bracket? Nope, ready? I have nothing ready. Nothing. I, I waited for like Great. 20 minutes and I did just literally didn't. nothing. You were on TikTok, those. weren't you? You were I, on TikTok. I, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> did you know they invented a time machine? It's called TikTok. You look at it and it's an hour later. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Literally. The, the amount of times Ben come, joins joins our recordings and I'm watching TikTok waiting for him to come on. It's a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> yep. That happens. So... Let's start with uh, the game that mattered to us the most was the Southern Illinois-Weaver State game. That was a, a back-and-forth game. game. Um, Southern Illinois ended up winning 34-31, to 31, but I was in doubt until the end. I mean, Weaver State had a chance to win it at the end. So um, Southern Illinois had a, had a tough one there, but they came out on top, one by three. Yep. Um, they covered. Uh, Weaver State was favored by three and a half in that one. So. Um, I got that one right. Brendan got that one wrong, which is uh, a surprise to no one, I'm sure. Um, but no, he did. He did win the regular season title, so he does have that on. Uh, but yeah, no. So they had a they had a tough game. So I mean, they'll be feeling the effects of that one, I'm sure, because Weber State was a tough team, and they had to go to Weber State, and now they have to go to uh, to us. So I mean, they've yeah they've done some traveling. It was some and, long road trips and a yeah. long, tiring game. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, other than that, we had Delaware and Sacred Heart, which, uh, you know, Delaware looked like a good team, but they didn't – I mean, they won 19-10, to 10, and I think we th- we expected them to win by more than that against a team right. like Sacred Heart. So it was interesting to see them only win by nine. And I watched some of that game, and it felt like um, a little bit like a FCS team, a good FCS team playing an FBS team, which sort of makes sense when they're coming from a smaller conference, punching up a weight class to a, to a conference like the CA, where they had their defense holding them in it and just couldn't do anything on offense and. Watching that game, I was impressed. Sacred Heart had some dudes on their team, but just they they didn't have the firepower to to really threaten at the end. They got close and ended up having to kick a field goal when I was watching. I had to look over at Chad and go, ah, they didn't score a touchdown. This is over. And that's what happened. I was I am for all that being said, that surprised me. I really thought Delaware was going to be a lot better than that. We're going to see how they respond this week or if the whole CAA was universally down this year. Right. And so it'll be interesting to see going forward because they, they, they're going to face a good Jacksonville state team that took care of business against a, a bad Davidson team. They won 49 to 14 uh, covered easily there. Um, Delaware did not cover. um, And so that, I mean, that's a huge game for us to watch. Um, that happens at 2 p.m. on Sunday. Um, so it'll be as we're tailgating, hopefully we can have that one on, kind of keep an eye on that. Um, 
because, you know, Jacksonville State took care of business. But again, um, you know, Davidson wasn't very good. So I think Jacksonville State versus Delaware give us a real good idea of how good those two teams are and what hopefully our next opponent's going to look like. 100%. And Darren asks, is that where Meacham came from? I know he's talking about Sacred Heart. Yes. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he came from um, came from Sacred Heart. And, boy, what a backfield they'd have had with him. And I believe the guy's name's Chester that they had at running back. That have been that that have been kind of like what we have now. Um, but, boy, mm-hmm. we're glad that he came from here because he's, he's a good player. And you got to love having him in there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love watching that kid play, man. He's a he's a little water bug out there on the field. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that Jacksonville State Delaware game, big time. Yeah, uh, and on the other side of the bracket, we had James Madison barely took care of business against VMI, which was an interesting outcome. Um, right. I think you know James Madison was pretty upset that they didn't get one of the top two seeds, and then they go out and. I mean, they were, it was down to the wire and they won 31 24, but VMI gave them a run for their money. Hey, Signetti, what, what, where, where'd the <laughs> motivation go? You, you, you said on, on the ESPN that you had all this motivation. <laughs> it wasn't there. I hope you didn't use it on that game because holy crap, <laughs> UND's going to pummel you guys. Mother, even on the road, they're terrible on the road. I mean, I don't know. It, it's just fun to poke fun at them. But uh, no, I was, I, yeah. Uh, I didn't. Yeah. It'll be For all the see. talk and talk, I didn't see the walk in that game. And that's kind of how their whole season's been, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how they bounce back because they're playing in the UND team who took it to Missouri State. I mean, Missouri State yep. was, you know, looking pretty decent heading into the playoffs, and UND won 44 to 10. Uh, Missouri State didn't put a much, put a much of a fight there. Uh, I think James Madison's going to have their hands full with UND. Um, you know, uh, listening to the FCS Fans Nation podcast, which again recommend everybody going and checking out. Um, mm-hmm. They have uh, a JMU guy on there, and he was sounded pretty confident against UND. But I think they're in for a dogfight, man. I think that's going to be yeah. a, a tough game. Yeah, Jamie Williams is a, a, a very ex, extremely knowledgeable FCS mm-hmm. guy, but uh, you can tell he likes likes his JMU. It, it's hard to hide that. And uh, oh yeah, but there are there are some good points to be made there. Like, can Bubba convince UND that they're actually in the Alara Center instead of Bridgeforth Stadium because they are just not that great on the road. I mean, that's if they very true. Play, if they can play like they do in the Laris center, I would favor them. If this mm-hmm. was in, in grand forks, I would honestly put money on them if they were, if they were a three point favorite, I'd put money on them. But being as this is in, in Virginia, no idea. Yeah, it's going to be tough. We'll, uh, we'll get into the betting lines later, but, um, Outside of that, the other games that happened were NDSU and Eastern Washington, which early in that game, I was real excited. Me too. Because Eastern Washington wow. looked, looked good. NDSU was struggling. And then NDSU did what NDSU does and just kind of took over. Yeah, I have I had friends up here who who uh, are, are big NFL fans and don't care about NDSU at all that were texting me during the game being like, dude. 
Andy's Hughes getting manhandled. And I'm like, and then you, you know, you, if you ever, if you ever happen to catch, if I ever get caught on the screen or TV looking at my phone, it's because I'm checking FCS scores and I'm checking the score and I'm checking the score. And then all of a sudden it's, it just blew open. Like all of a sudden mm-hmm. NDSU realized, oh yeah, we're a power run team and they can't stop the power run. We should try that. And then it worked mm-hmm. a lot. And they kept, yeah, they, they absolutely destroyed him. And I am, oh, I'm so sick of NDSU fans again. It took a week. <laughs> One week. I just really loved it for, oh, it was so nice up here for like a week. And then I have to listen to Keith Brake do some stupid monologue about how this is, uh, 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 God, what did he say? It was so stupid. Like this was a, a program defining win. Like, dude, you don't have anything to define anymore. Shut up. <laughs> and then you got every NDSU fan coming out of the woodwork again. I've got NDSU fans texting me, going, tr- trying to get me to go, because I'm getting texts like, so uh, do you think Eastern Washington was that bad, or maybe we just played better that game? And I'm like, really? really, You are trying to get me to say that I think NDSU had a down game in the marker game? Get out of here with that. That is garbage. It was you didn't you didn't have a down game against us. You got your butts whooped up and down the field, and you played a team who doesn't play run defense. I am not sold on NDSU yet until they play a team that has comparable run defense to another Valley team and has an offense to go with it. That's my that's my rant. No, I agree. And it'll be interesting. That's a good segue into Sam Houston. So they won 21 to 15 against Monmouth. And yep. I think it was you on here that said that Monmouth isn't a bad team and yep. to watch out for them. So, I mean, they put up a fight against Sam Houston. And, you know, I think that we expected more out of their offense and probably more out of their defense too. I mean, they give up 15, which isn't terrible, but um, that's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, Sam Houston and NDSU, mm-hmm. um, you know, outside of obviously watching Delaware and James or and uh, Jacksonville State, that'll be one that we'll want to want to pay attention to. And those those two games are both on at 2 p.m. I believe. Yeah, I mean, that is, and that one's going to be on ESPN. Um, I'm really interested in that game for a lot of levels because there's the angle of, all right, is NDSU back? And then there's the angle of, does Sam Houston actually have a defense? And yeah, I think, uh, I don't know how I feel about Sam Houston because they've got three offense starting offensive linemen hurt. So even if they do have a good defense, I think they're going to get wore out by the end of the game if their offense doesn't get anything going. I have no idea how that one's going to go because I don't think NDSU has the defensive path. The pass they certain if if you let them, you know, pull their hair back, put their ears back, and pass rush on you, you're going to die. But if they have to defend the run and the pass, or are forced to defend the run majority, they're not the same NDSU. And I don't know what Sam's going to be able to do there with three starting offensive linemen hurt though. So I. I'd there, like to say in Bowers that Sam Houston should win. I'm just really nervous about the three O lineman being hurt. Mm-hmm. 
The nice thing is seeing NDSU have to go on the road in the playoffs. Yes. Because yeah. we just haven't seen it. I mean, Not when's... Since 2010. Yeah, 2010. I was going to ask when's the last time they had to go on the road in the playoffs outside of Frisco. And so that's, I mean, it's something different, and we'll see how they respond. Um, they didn't have a whole lot of uh, away games this year. Yep. And one of the ones that they did, they got whooped. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you know, you're and you're right in bringing that up because I've also been wondering if they have, because they've got a young team, if that young team has a little bit of UND to them where <laughs> that'll make them mad. Uh, if they got a little UND to them where they get out of the dome as a young team and they're, they're not great at it. And I think that's a huge advantage for us because we've had all our tough games and the majority of our games mm-hmm. on the road. Yeah. When, when we go to Frisco, um, we'll be used to that. And we've, as a young team, sometimes that's a major concern and NDSU is as young as we are. And I think some, I, I think you're onto something. They might have a hard time with that yet being a young team. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I mean, their first road game, they got beat by Southern Illinois 38 to 14. Yep. Um, their next one, they took care of Missouri state, which obviously we saw last week. They're not that great. Right. And the one after that, they won against UNI 23 to 20. Yeah. And UNI wasn't that good. So, I mean, and they gave up 20 points to that offense, which was not a good offense. Right. So, yeah, it'll be real interesting to see how they respond to being out of out of NDSU, having to go to Sam Houston uh, against a, a good team. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of people who are picking Sam Houston to make make the championship. So, uh, you know, it's it's a tough tough game for them. So it'll be it'll be real interesting to see how they respond. Yep. Um. With that, that wraps up um, the games that happened last week. Uh, Brennan and I both went three and five in our picks, which um, not great against uh, the spread here, but we'll hopefully turn that around this week. Only four games to pick. Um, why don't we flip it around and pick the NDSU Sam Houston game real quick? All right, let's get after it. We kind of uh, previewed it already, anyways. Yeah, we already talked about it. Um, Let's play the guess the spread game. Cause I, have you looked at him yet? No, no, you know I don't. I never guess the guess the spread. This. NDSU at Sam Houston. Uh, I'm gonna say NDSU is favored by six, three. NDSU is favored by three at Sam Houston. Which I mean, if I'm Sam Houston, I see that as a slight against me. Yep. Uh, being underdogs at home. Um, so yeah, I guess what are your, what are your thoughts on that one? Well, you know, that Sam Houston has been hearing the noise ever since their last curblastification by James Madison and by Sam and by NDSU, um, in NDSU fans are known to be loud enough on social media that other teams players notice. So I think they're going to have a bit of an attitude. So I'm going to take the points with Sam Houston with them being at home. And I don't, I'm not sold on NDSU on the road yet. I don't blame you. I'm taking Sam Houston as well. I think getting points at home, I, I, I thought it, I'm surprised you thought it would be six points. I thought it would be a pick em game um, with how yeah. NDSU has been on the road this year. And I'm just not convinced yet. 
Um, I think this is more of a a uh, history line of, you know, NDSU is historically great in the playoffs. Um, but again, we haven't seen them on the road in the playoffs in a long time. So, right. um, yeah, that last I mean, time was a loss. Hey, yeah. They bring it up every time they play Eastern Washington because there's two things that never forget elephants and NDSU fans when they think there was a slight against them. <laughs> yeah. So that, that'll be a real interesting game. We both picked same Houston in that one plus three. Um, and then we've got, let's go to UND at JMU. What do you think that spread is? Oh, I'm going to say JMU is favored by, I'm going to go six again. JMU is only favored by two and a half at home. What? Yeah, no way. Two and a half. So Vegas is Vegas is respecting UND right now, big time. I just I'm taking JMU. I don't trust UND on the road even a little bit. Yeah, that's tough. Again, I mean, uh, it's tough because I I still don't think we know how good JMU is. Yeah, and I think it's I think this line's a function of how they played against VMI last week. Right, and they didn't really take care of business like they like Vegas probably thought they would. I mean, they were right. They were favored by fourteen. Um, they only won by seven, so probably line came down a little bit. UND whooped Missouri State, so kind of yeah. a combination of those. I think the line's a little lower than it should be, but um, you're taking JMU minus two and a half. Yep. Feels like that that line is baiting me to do that. I feel nervous taking it that is. line because it feels a, too good. It's a baited line, you know. I think I think UND has a good chance to win um, with uh, with their run game. I think Otis Wea, he's a beast. I do have a lot of confidence in him, and if they have anything close to a passing game, I think they can beat JMU. So. Um, Two and a half is tough. I, I'm i going to go UND. I'll take UND winning that one. Uh, Rep in the Valley here. Right on. Well, John Green is in agreement with you. He thinks UND's been hearing about the road issues all season and comes out fired, to get, fired up against an overhyped JMU team. The only disagreement I have with that is UND has been hearing about the road issues for the last forever. Hmm. Like forever, like they'll have huge wins at home, like every year for like the mm-hmm. past five years, but they suck on the road. It's so it's not just this year. They've been hearing about it for a long, long time now. Um, and I'll be, I, I'll be happy as hell if they beat JMU. That'll make me just laugh my way all the way to the bank because JMU kind of, kind of bothered me with their attitude about we didn't get the one seat. So <laughs> I will just be tickled if UND beats them. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you kind of forget that UND hadn't played a game for over a month. Yeah, longer than us. They played, the last game they played was March 20th and at NDSU and got whooped, and then they come back out and put a game like that against a Missouri State team that wasn't terrible. I mean, they Missouri State had a good season, so that was a respectable game. Um, again at home, so we'll see how they perform. But I think it's, uh, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. That'll be, I mean, 
I love all the all the SCS games this weekend. I love, and I hope I get a chance to watch them all because the every single one yeah. is an interesting matchup. And yep. and we said that. I mean, I we said that the first round, yeah, there's some stinkers, but the second right. round, every single game is tough. And so yep. um, it'll be real interesting to see how that one goes. But I'll take UND in that one. And then we've got the the game that will be the the winner of this one will hopefully play when we beat Southern Illinois, Delaware yep. at Jacksonville State. What do you think that spread is? Ooh, uh, I'm going to say Jacksonville State's favored by seven and a half. Only three and a half. So Jacksonville no State favored by three and a half at home. I'll pick this one first. If you would have asked me last week, I would have said Delaware easy. Yep. Um, it's tougher now, you know, with uh, with Delaware only beating Sacred Heart by nine and Jacksonville State just taking it to Davidson, which you'd expect them to do. But, right, you know, it's it's it makes it tougher to pick. And I think that's why the line is so close. Um I'll take Delaware though. I, I like plus three and a half. I like getting a, a field goal there, and uh, I, I do think it's going to be real. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's a field goal game either way. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a field goal game either way, but I think that Jacksonville State's going to win by like six ish, like a touchdown. I think it'll be a close game, but it'll be a touchdown they win by. Uh, Jacksonville State's been hearing for a while now about how even though they went to the national title game, they've never beaten a big three team. They've never beat a team from the big sky, the MVFC or from the CA. And this is their chance to get that monkey off their back. Plus they've had a history of choking in the, with a seed in second and first round. So quarterfinals this year is the second round. And, I think they're going to have an attitude about it, and yeah, I think they're going to be from if it like you said, if this wasn't if the Sacred Heart game didn't happen, I would take Delaware, um, but I'm going to take Jacksonville State because they're at home, or and Delaware having to travel. I think I'll give it to Jacksonville State. Yeah, it's it'll be real interesting. I'm I'm excited to see how that one goes, and then you've got. Our game, obviously, at home against Southern Illinois. And you still haven't looked at the spread for this one? Uh, God, I think I heard it. Like 14 points or something? Well, right now the line's at 15 and a half. Oh. Which I don't like. I, I wish we like were it. only favored by like six. Yep. I don't like I don't that like we're it. favored by over two touchdowns. Mm-mm. I, yeah, that... I mean, we've been talking about in our in our text thread. We've been like, man, I hate how confident we are about this game. Yeah, it, you know, it, again, it, it, you have flashbacks to you and I game when you know we we thought, eh, eh it's you and I, but it's we beat them by a bunch again. And yeah, yeah. I mean, you you have the same feelings about this game, but uh, as an SDSU fan, uh, I don't think we have the right to <laughs> overlook anybody at this no. point i mean no uh, even at home like we've, we've right. laid plenty of eggs at home right we've got uh a, a baker's dozen of eggs full of laid yeah. eggs yeah. games at home and not necessarily mean, in the playoffs i mean we, only, we the only had one in the playoffs but it has happened 
but way more than we want at home. Right. So, I mean, I, I'm just uncomfortable. Like even you, if you're watching on Facebook, I'm like squirming in my chair. Cause I just, I don't like being favored by this much. I hate it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And you know, Southern Illinois is obviously not a bad team. They just went out and beat the team. Everyone thought should be the number four seed at their house. Right. Okay. Um, they are more than capable and there have been way worse Southern Illinois teams that have been, have beat us or been absolute dog fights because yeah, they don't always have the best defense, but my God, can they score? And once they start scoring, Holy Christ, is it hard to get them to stop? So yeah, it scares the hell out of me. And that's to me is again, going back to why this is such a big game, not just for the team, but for us as fans to show up. This is the playoffs, baby, and you could. It, it, I've seen what Jackrabbit Nation can do at in the Summit League tournament with a packed house and just completely will our teams to victory in games where they come out kind of flat in the first round and probably shouldn't have won, but we just came out and completely they got lifted up by the by the home crowd. And I've seen it happen in some of our football games before where it's the beef bowl or whatever, and the crowd wills that team to wake up and get into it and get some hopping. So like that could be a major potential thing that could happen. And that's why I, we're so passionate, obviously, about that. Um, but, yeah, no, man, this uh, this game scares me because any team with a great offense like that is capable of beating anybody if they get him into a shootout. Great offense. I don't know about great, but I what will say – offense. They're I the mean, highest scoring off – I think they're the highest scoring offense in the Valley. Uh, Coach Stig might have mentioned that it was after that 800-yard game against uh, southeastern Louisiana, and that's not a that's not an exaggeration. They, they had like 800 and some yards offense in that game. Right. But, and that's, I mean, against a, a, say a we, extremely capable offense. Say that you want about Sela. I mean, they were a potential playoff team, so I mean, they're no right. slouch. Um, since our since we held them to three, they've scored twenty seven, fifty five, and thirty four. So, I mean, I I do have confidence in our defense. I'm not, yeah, it's not, it's not. I'm not scared because I'm doubting our team. It's right. more just history of being like. I don't want to overlook a team uh, right. because when it comes down to actually analyzing the game, we should win by three scores. Right. And yep. that's exactly what the line says. It says we should win by 15 and a half, three scores. Yep. And, you know, and that's because our defense is very good yep. and our run game is very good. Yep. I mean, look at the way that NDSU has had this dominant run. They've had a very, very good stout defense, and they've had a run game that you cannot stop. Right. That's exactly yep. what our formula is right now. Yeah. I don't want to get too like excited about it, but this is the way you win an FCS football right now, and yep. this is the team we have. And on top of that, we have a very capable quarterback that can run very well and throw when he needs to. Yep. And so while I'm cautiously, you know, uh, going into this game, um, at the same time, we should win by 20. I right. think, I mean, if I had to predict a score, 
I would predict that we'll win 41 to 21. I think that Southern Illinois, they're going to get points. I mean, you're, their offense is good enough. We're not going to hold them to three again. Um, however, I do think that our offensive line continues to dominate. And, I mean, like we showed when we played Southern Illinois the first time, we imposed our will against them. Yep. They knew exactly what we were doing. We did not – we didn't make any uh, – we didn't hide it. We said, we're going to run the ball, try and stop us. And they had no answer. Right. And so I I don't see how this is any different. I, I don't think that they've uh, – came up with a scheme or some random dudes that are going to come in mm-hmm. and stop our run game. And so, I mean, I, I don't see how we lose this game, but I, uh, again, being a Jackrabbit fan, it's, it's tough not to, to be cautious about it. Right. And, and, you know, I absolutely understand where you're coming from for sure. And when it comes to the line, looking at it, um, that's insane because history tells us, I mean, like just in 2019, Eastern Washington beat UC Davis during the, I just saw this from Sam Herter. Um, UC Davis beat Eastern Washington, or Eastern Washington beat UC Davis by like an obscene score. It was like 54 to 12 or something. And then the playoff game came around. It was 34 to 29 was the final of that game. Like in the FC in in college, those things happen. They tend to happen, especially in the playoffs. Because I remember last uh, when we were talking about you and I last year, it was you, we got to jump on them right away and make them give up. That's not going to happen. This is the playoffs. This is the last game they'll have this year if they lose. They're not going to give up until you get up by like twenty one, which is hard to do in the playoffs, especially once you're into the quarterfinal round against the top eight teams in the country. Um. So, yeah, I'm nervous. Um, but I think we really need to come out, and I tweeted it on Twitter and said the O-line needs to go back out and snatch the souls right out of Southern Illinois' defense right away. First drive, and I would almost prefer a drive of five yards, four yards, five yards, four yards, five yards, instead mm-hmm. of three yards, five yards, 75-yard run for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like one of that, that ground – that grinding drive we had, I would almost prefer one of those over just a quick touchdown, even if it is a running touchdown. Um, but a little bit of comfort for Jackrabbits fans. I think almost every offensive lineman liked that post. So I, that's the, I, I, I think that's the goal. I don't think Nick Hill's listening to our podcast, so I don't think we're giving away any game plan secrets here. Um, but, yeah, we need the Hogs to come out and dictate the game, and we need the defense to come out and dictate the game. It's that If our defensive line and linebackers and our front, like basically the front sevens, come out and dictate this game straight from the jump, which we've seen they are more than capable of against Southern Illinois, then we should be very comfortable. Um, if we don't and they've figured out a way to somehow make that not happen, then, boy, if we could – this could be a tight game. I still think I, I'm still confident we win just because of exactly what you had. We have the formula. Um, and, and you're exactly right. This run game has become unstoppable. This offensive line has become one of the best offensive lines I've seen, not just at SDSU, but in FCS and borderline college because yeah. we didn't get 300 yards rush, rushing last game because we didn't want to. 
realistically we had 280 yards and then we went 300 yards and 300 plus yards in our two other games we've basically been averaging 300 yards rushing for the last three games which is yep. ludicrous and so hey let's go out and uh show ndsu what 422 yards of rushing really looks like this game put up put up the most recent comment because it's oh yeah it is from the kimberly eck yes hashtag 605 hogs exactly yes which i the hashtag baby i can't even find my camera there it is hey yeah 605 hogs is a sweet name for our offensive line that yes. uh jason Eck kind of coined and uh yeah i mean it's it's been a, a an awesome mantra and they're taking it to heart this year i mean they've just absolutely dominated at times and um, I don't know if those shirts are available anymore. We should, if they're not, they I, should. I be, have one. I got should, my hands on one. They should become available because those are sweet yes. shirts. They're like they these are. hogs with the six hundred five in it, yep. blue and yellow. So um, I think it's time to bring those back out because yes, they have been awesome, and yes. I completely expect that they will do the same against Southern Illinois this game and take it to them. And uh, yeah, so I. Again, I'll I'll stick with my prediction of forty-one to twenty-one, twenty-point win. Um, obviously, taking SDSU against a spread of fifteen and a half. Um, I think you didn't. What's your what's your score prediction? Oh, just we don't do score predictions here. We pick. I'm doing it though. Lines. I'm doing it. You're well. I'm I'm not messing with the mojo here. So I ain't <laughs> about right. that life. Uh, I actually just because the line is so big. I'm going to take us. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because I haven't not picked us this year. I uh, so <laughs> I didn't grow this beard and not shave it for a reason. Okay. This has not been shaved <laughs> until we get a natty. All right. And wow, I put that in public. The wife's going to hate that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, hey, Kim, let the husband know. I do like to shave on occasion. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, no, man, uh, I, if we if we come out and get another uh, performance like that, I'm getting that 605 shirt made into a flag, and we're going to hang that over the, oh, the, that's what the we stadium need. in front the of where we sit. 605 Hogs flag. Yes. Oh, my God, we need that for I love my flags. Yeah, yes. 100%. Yes, I know I've a got, guy. I've got room for a flag like that. I know. And a guy. Kimberly X said, "I'll find out for you." I assume on the t-shirts. So yes, yeah. Hopefully, we can get those going again because I think they'll they'll sell right now because they're just yeah. dominating. So yeah, I mean, I'll get it like on a flagpole and bring it into the stadium and flail it like an idiot because yes. I dress like an idiot for games anyway. So yes. why not? Let's go for it. Perfect. All right. Well, outside of that, we're at a minute 10. Let's go ahead and end this now. Again, get to the game. Um, come out and tailgate our do book club at Lions Park with us. Yep. And uh, I'm going to have a TV food. at Lions. I'm going to, if, if somebody else doesn't bring one, nice. I will bring one and I will have Good. a TV out there. Let's so get that set up. Have the other, that's why I want to be there like at noon so I can have yeah. all the games on. And I'm going to try to do something a little fancier on the pellet grill than just my pork loin this time. I awesome. haven't figured out what yet. Somebody, I think it was Brad, said hashtag Phil Lions Park. Let's do it. Let's get yeah. Lions Park filled up. And uh, yeah, let's let's make it fun. Uh, Outside yeah. of that, we'll uh, cut her off before we go too long. Go big, go blue, go, go Jacks. Jacks.